Welcome everybody to episode one of Chris and Harry Unplugged. My name is Harry Sisson. I'm Chris Mowry. Uh, a lot of people here may know us from TikTok or Twitter, where we post quite a bit about uh, being Gen Z Democrats. Uh, we thought we'd start a podcast, make some longer form content. A lot of people think we're shills or we're paid, etc. And we, we think this would probably help that narrative and help us come across more genuine and authentic and kind of break down longer form ideas as opposed to a 30 second or minute TikTok. Yeah, and we, we really enjoy like longer conversations. We have them pretty frequently off camera. We also do like TikTok lives and Twitter spaces where we talk to people who disagree with us. Um, but yeah, we thought this might be a good way to engage with different ideas. And on this podcast, we're going to be breaking like breaking down relevant news, having guests on who we agree with and disagree with. We're also going to have some fun segments um, that you'll see in coming episodes. We're still kind of trying to figure everything out. This is only episode one. Um, and we're just kind of going with the flow right now. Exactly. Yeah. And so I guess a couple more things. I know episode one looks a little funky. Uh, we decided that Monday, July 3rd would be the day we release it. Uh, we may have not been prepared for all the things that go into creating a podcast, but we promise episode two and going forward will continue to look significantly better and sound better as we uh, go on. Also, we created an email where you can email questions or if you want to be on the podcast for whatever reason, you have a question you want us to answer, literally anything. Uh, I'll put that up on the screen. I believe it is CMHS unplugged or no it's questions at cmhsunplugged.com again that's right questions at cmhsunplugged.com we'll have it up you can email us anything um mostly like questions though and we'll just like try to try to respond or uh if you have a question for us um yeah so i think if we if we want to go ahead and dive right in why not right yeah so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some supreme court cases today with relevant relevant things like that um, I also I also like to talk about a little about the the Trump rally that was in South Carolina today, specifically a specific moment. But we're we're gonna get to that at the okay. end of the episode. However, I would like to address the elephant in the room. My barber scuffed me, folks. My barber, <laughs> yeah. my barber scuffed me. People are saying, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, his, his barber did him dirty." He wanted yeah, to he wanted to dirty. record the first episode with a hood or a hat. Yeah, I, we, said, we, yeah. I said, "Harry, dude, you just gotta <laughs> let it ride, buddy." You just gotta we let originally, it ride. <laughs> you just gotta let it ride, man. The DNC doesn't pay for good haircuts. He has to go to Supercuts. Please tell me, do you go to Supercuts? You don't go to Supercuts. No, of course you? I don't go to Supercuts. Oh, no, I went to my. I, I said medium length, and they just went at it. And my I I saw Bro, my. That is that is definitely today. not medium length. It's definitely not that medium length. That is far length, away I, from medium. That is that is extremely short length. It's extremely short. I, I don't know what they were thinking uh, when I saw my family today for the first time in a while. They were like, wow, you, are you a Marine now? I said, no, you know, of course. Um, is, is so bar- I wanted to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> is the barber like a big MAGA guy? He's just like maybe maybe he's a MAGA guy. MAGA you know, guy. actually, I, maybe he's, he's, a, he's a MAGA guy trying to sabotage. He's That's trying to make me look, look like, like shit. A, anyway, look like shit, exactly. <laughs> But regardless, um, one hundred dollars the elephant because people see me with long hair all the time. Anyway, let's dive right. into these Supreme Court yeah, cases Supreme Court. because they're important. Let's so do. we had there have been a bunch of Supreme Court cases recently, but some of the ones that are talked about uh, in public the most have been the affirmative action case, the student loan forgiveness case, and then um, the final one where a website designer in Colorado didn't want to make wedding websites for gay couples, and that and they ruled in her favor. Right, and that case didn't saying, even like actually exist. Because and that, let's yeah let's start there yeah. actually let's start because with that I don't think or uh, yeah my understanding is that she she they ruled on a case that was hypothetical. That's right. They, she she made a. I think it was back in 2016. She made a claim to the courts in Colorado saying like, 
oh, you know, this gay couple asked me to make a, a wedding website for them, but I'm religious, I don't want to. And the, the court was like, these people don't exist. Like, they're not actually like a gay couple. They're not real. They're not asking for a website. And funnily enough, one of the guys who was cited in the lawsuit didn't even know his name was attached until now. That's that's like after that's after wild. the Supreme Court case. Um, and he's like, yeah, I have a wife and kids. I'm not gay. And I never asked for a wedding website. That's, so that's okay. And this this claim managed to make it all the way up to the conservative Supreme Court who thought, yeah, let's rule on, a, as you said, a hypothetical. It doesn't exist. This never right. happened. Yeah. And I think um, although like a lot of these SCOTUS decisions are obviously like very complex on uh, neither of us are lawyers we try to give you know the general input as we can and try to like learn more as we go actually like read the scotus cases but for now i think you know the general idea is that uh, we're, we're we're stepping backwards in a lot of senses you know roe v wade was a precedent for you know 50 some odd years and and now we're you know i guess legally certain businesses not all businesses it's complex but certain businesses can discriminate against lgbtq individuals um, and as we, you know, move forward and talk about the other ones, uh, the other cases, I mean, this, it's clear that elections have consequences. You know, this is this yeah. is if Hillary would have won in 2016, we probably would not be having any of these discussions. Our, our Supreme Court yeah. would look significantly and different. It's just a little I think it's a little scary. I mean, you and I are not members of the LGBTQ plus community, but kind of looking at how these um, cases have come about in recent years is, is pretty terrifying. I mean, we had Roe, which, as you said, overturned like 50 years of precedent. And then everybody on the left was like, they're going to go after gay rights next. And, you know, Clarence Thomas and his, his, his opinion was like, yeah, I think that the Obergefell, the case that legalized gay marriage, should be looked at again. And everybody's like, oh, they're, they're going to come after LGBTQ plus rights next. And people were calling us hyperbolic. They were saying we're dramatic. And then, when you know, a year later, right, here we are. you can discriminate against gay people. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. You know, a lot of, like, it's, it's the same from the right and the left. A lot of people, you know, further left than us said that, you know, nothing major changes in these elections I'd, I'd rather go for a more like a very progressive viewpoint which is fine um but it's still important to remember that uh, these elections have consequences you know we voted in trump yeah. um and 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 here we are uh and uh, even people on the right like you said you know they said well you know abortion's one thing but they wouldn't go after anything else well like you said here we are and who knows what's next i think you've opened up a can of worms i think we heard someone talk about it last night on twitter space um you know what's next are we going to start ruling on whether you can, you know, you don't like people in, with disabilities, so you can, you know, kick them out of your place of business. You know, what's, right. you know, it's, we're going backwards. And, we're going backwards. And what's, what's a little, uh, you know, scary, especially I think for Gen Z voters, is that we just learned today that for the next term, the Supreme Court has agreed to take up a case regarding domestic violence abusers being able to own firearms. Wow. So many cases in many states, like, I think in, I think in even the majority of the states or the overwhelming majority of states, you can domestic abusers can't get firearms because uh, it's one of the main uses of or main weapons that abusers will use against their their partners to kill them or hurt them badly, uh, which makes sense. It's like yeah, someone who's convicted of domestic abuse probably shouldn't be in possession of a firearm, but now the Supreme Court's looking at that and seeing if maybe they should. Wow, that, you know, I actually have heard nothing about that. That's fascinating. I did not know that. hasn't been That's hasn't been covered all that much. We'll we'll get a decision at some point, but. Yeah, I mean, like, anyway, I don't want to dive too much into it, but the domestic violence statistics with guns is really, really, really right. terrifying. So if it were to be constitutional for uh, for those types of people to own firearms, that'd be Bad. pretty damaging, yeah. I think, for a lot of people. Right, I agree. I agree. And I think that that goes into, like you said, you were talking about Gen Z. I think, you know, us being in Gen Z, these these SCOTUS rulings are have a lot of weight for 2024, you know. Um, yep. You know, I think out of any generation, I think 20 some odd, uh, it's a pretty high percentage, 15, don't, don't quote me here, but 15 or 20% of 
Gen Zers uh, are in the LGBTQ plus community, and obviously a significant more a significant amount more a significant amount more. I can't speak. A lot of Gen Zers support the um, LGBTQ plus community, um, and yeah. so SCOTUS rulings like this, if someone can look objectively and say, you know, it's a very conservative court, may sway voters in 2024. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of actually transitions pretty well into talking about you know student the next SCOTUS case which is student loans. Student loan forgiveness, yeah. Right. Tough case. Tough, tough, tough decision for the Biden administration. We were, um, you know, I remember reading about their arguments, you know, back in the fall when it was being made, and, you know, they were, they were citing the HEROES Act, and it seemed pretty good to me. I think the arguments were really strong. So I was actually kind of surprised by the ruling. Um, I know that it's a conservative majority, but I thought that the arguments were really strong, and so did the Biden administration. I mean, I've, we've heard from them time and time again, like, we're confident, we're confident, we're, we'll, we'll have it. Mm-hmm. We'll have it our way, um, but it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate to say. Right, exactly. And I think, um, yeah, I think you and I have talked about this extensively. That you know, uh, there, there's obviously a need for a longer term solution, um, but this this student loan problem is is bubbling, like bubbling bad. And it's it's you know, I talk to a lot of people where it's it's dragging our economy down. You know, a lot of these borrowers. I've read statistics. You know. If you're in more than $30,000 of student loan debt, you're 11% life, less likely to start a business. One in 10 of those people said they haven't bought a car. Thir- you're 36% less likely to buy real estate. I mean, this is your local and this is your local economy and your uh, national, just your national economy. Um, so it's affecting everyone. Um, so, you know, we, we need to find a solution on that. But it's unfortunate that we couldn't, you know, at least alleviate it slightly. Yeah. And like, as you said, there's just, it's a very complex issue, you know, student loans, um, because, you know, there's so many, there's so many layers to it. There's so many problems to address. So like, I really like how the Biden administration was trying to address, um, you know, the, the current crisis where, you know, just trying to give people a little bit of breathing room, right? 10,000. And if you get Pell Grants, 20,000, but obviously that doesn't really get to the, the source there's, of the issue, but that, that would need to go through Congress. Right. And I think, you know, some of the, the sidestepping that's being done now, although I'm not super familiar with still understanding what the Biden administration is doing further, but I understand that, you know, for an extended period of time, uh, now I think if you pay, um, if you pay your student loans, cause of the big, a big problem a lot of people are having is that they can't actually attack the principal. The interest rate is so high. Um, yeah. it's so much that like a lot of people come out of college with a hundred thousand dollars in debt and 20 years later, their principal balance is $125,000 because they literally can't attack the balance. It's insane. I think, you know, we're, they're trying to sidestep and move towards something where as long as you make a payment, um, your principal can't rise at least for, you know, some 18 months. Or so there's still steps to alleviate that pain, but there needs to be, you know, a longer term solution. So, Yeah, and it's tough. And I think like, you know, tackling the, the root of the issues, you know, through Congress would be great. I think like attacking these predatory loans. Uh, the really high college prices. I don't really. I mean, I don't really ha- know how you go about that. You could, you know, maybe talk about funding or having a cap on right. uh, um, uh, tuition uh, and things like that. I think like if you go to the, those root of the issues, and then of course the existing crisis, kind of tackling those th- three things at once would be really beneficial. But uh, I don't see MAGA Republicans <laughs> joining true. forces anytime right. soon. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's tough. Yeah, we'll see. Again, that's why twenty twenty four is important. You should you should go vote. You should you should really go vote. You should, you should vote. go vote. You should vote. Vote blue specifically. Vote. Vote. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then the last the last case. So we did the business, the LGBTQ plus student loans. 
Affirmative action. Affirmative action, yeah. The affirmative action, affirmative action case action. is very, very, very complex. I actually asked a friend of a friend of a friend of a dog of a friend who yeah. has a lawyer who, who's an attorney who likes to read SCOTUS cases, like, like just is, you know, likes to read SCOTUS cases. So I actually was like, give me your thoughts um, as I, because I'm not a lawyer, I'm 21. I'd like to actually spend time reading it and understanding it um, because I understand that it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's complex about how, that the colleges will be able to move forward on affirmative action. I think yeah. you have more insight into that than I do. Well, yeah, I've, in the first time we tried to film this. <laughs> that never happened. I don't know what you're Oh, yeah, sorry, that never happened. This is actually this is the <laughs> first time we've ever recorded, ever. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not an attempt before this. But um, in the attempt that doesn't exist, I, I was talking about this uh, case I learned about in my U.S. Constitution class that deals with uh, affirmative action. It's Regents of Ibaka. It was in the 1970s, I think the late 1970s. And basically this, this white applicant, Bakke, was applying to a medical school in California, and he was rejected twice. Uh, and that, that school accepted 100 people, but they reserved 16 spots specifically for people of color and minorities. Um, and Bakke sued, saying that he was discriminated against racially and that lower um, uh, the applicants with less of a resume, you know, lower grades kind of all across the board were getting accepted just because they were people of color over him. And that was the claim he made. And he actually had some success in the Supreme Court, but not all the way. Uh, they found that the a quota system is unconstitutional, that you can't have like reserve spots. Um, but uh, they did find that considering race in college applications is constitutional um, and that it can be one of the many factors. However, it has to be specifically tailored to the goal of diversity. So you, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, I want to accept this person of color over this white person because they're a person of color. It has to be, you know, achieving diversity and it has to be a holistic approach. It just can't be race or grades. It has to be kind of everything combined at once to lead you to a decision to admit that person. So in that, in using that Supreme Court case, it was written by Justice Powell at the time, or that, that's kind of like the, the, the opinion uh, that kind of represents that case is Justice Powell. I think that's a fair ruling. I tend to side with that ruling as in, in the affirmative action discussion because I do think there is certainly a university interest in wanting diversity on campus and having different experiences and people from different backgrounds. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I talked to you about this on the episode that we didn't record. Um, yeah, but I there's there's many, you know, uh, studies and statistics that go into, you know, having more diversity in a workplace or a higher education, you know, anywhere that, you know, are lead to better outcomes for everybody, you know, in terms of like literally stuff as simple as happiness or productivity, et cetera, because diversity is good. Um, so, yeah, complex, but I, I think that that sums it up right there. Diversity is good. Yeah. Diversity is good. And the, the frustrating thing about, you know, the dialogue on social media after the affirmative action case was that a lot of conservatives, a lot of people on the right just thought affirmative action was – accepting people of color because they're people of color. That's the only reason in that, you know, basically, you know, Harvard's looking at a, a person of color's application and a white person's application. They're just picking the person of color because they happen to be that. But it's not. It's like a holistic kind of looking at everything at once. And that's and, and I, so that's why it's, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to characterize it as like a racist policy no. or racist against no. white people or anything like it's that. Definitely, um, yeah. It's definitely, yeah. And it's far more complex than just like a, a one word. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. Um yeah, definitely not a racist policy, though. I think that's that's how yeah. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, and and but anyway, we won't get too much into and the weeds on right, that right. topic because again, we're not lawyers. Super complex, complex. Uh, learning more, com well, learning that, more. That's as the we key. Go. Yeah, the key is the key here is not to you know scream and yell about an opinion uh, 
we have the keys to, you know, just, just even if uh, we tell people all the time on TikTok or Twitter, people ask me a question, you know, how do you feel about this? I say, I'm, I'm still deciding how I feel about that. Got to take yep. in a lot of factors. And one of those important factors is that that SCOTUS ruling is long and complex. And I am 21 and not through school yet. So, and I'm not a lawyer. So still yep. learning. But, yeah. Still learning. Um, so those are the SCOTUS cases. Yep. Those are kind of in the news. Yep. But the last thing I wanted to talk about and bring your attention to, Chris, is uh, this today in South Carolina, Trump had a rally. Right. So I actually did, haven't looked at this much because, um, I don't know, I was I don't I don't look at Trump rallies. Um, yeah. it, they make me I mean, when I have to, when I have to hear Donald Trump speak, it, it's like it's the most brain numbing thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term, but listening to Donald Trump tried like get through like even a minute i think when i first started twitter like probably like five six it's probably been like eight months now yeah i sat down and, oh no actually i don't know when did trump announce he was running for president 24 like um like the month after the midterms like december yeah just yeah, yeah yeah so i sat that was like that was like right when i had started social media i sat down and i watched that entire that entire speech and i'm telling you like an hour ten Dude, it's it's so mind numbing. The guy is just I won't even. Anyways, so I don't know. All I know is that people were lining up. Is yeah. it true that people were sleeping there? Five a.m. People were there. People were sleeping overnight to go to this Trump rally. Yo, if you're out there in South Carolina, please know Chris Mowry loves you and he he wants you to vote blue. He wants you to vote. Blue. Yeah, please vote blue. South Carolina, we love you as a we state. We love, love you. you. I love it. I'm uh, in Georgia. That's a little crazy. I'm in Georgia. I'll vote blue too. We're neighbors. Anyway, so five thirty. So what did he say? What did you want to bring my attention to? So. You know, he trumped it his usual crap and, you know, his rambling. And as you said, yeah, like some of the hand motions, um, you know, he did his usual thing. I did nothing wrong and I, the documents were mine. And he went, you know, Joe Biden's this, Hunter Biden that. But one moment I thought specifically was interesting in the Trump rally was Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who is big MAGA. He's a big supporter yeah. of Donald Trump, yeah. got booed by the crowd throughout his entire speech. He got booed entering. And throughout the entire speech, the crowd kept booing because they considered him a traitor to the MAGA movement. That's and maybe, maybe if we're feeling feisty, we'll put the clip right here. Yeah, dude, just, <laughs> just throw it out. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Well... Well, you want to find something in common? Uh, I, I have not seen Boom. that clip, so that'll be the first time or after I get off, I'll yeah. look. I mean, dude, that's just ridiculous. These, I mean, dude, it's uh, – I don't like to use the term these people. That's that's not appropriate. They're, these people. They're, we're all Americans. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, it's just getting extre more extreme and extreme and extreme. I mean, if you're not if you're not on your knees praying to Donald Trump, you're, you're just – you're out. You're just horrible. I yeah. mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, someone like Lindsey Graham. Yeah, how is he not so Trumpy? Yeah, what? What is? What's? I don't understand. I I don't know either. I I genu like this guy is used to be great friends with President Biden. He called President Biden one of the nicest before he was president, one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. And then since his presidency, he's totally flipped on him. Right. He's gone full Hunter Biden, full Biden's an awful person. I mean, yeah, he's doing Donald Trump's bidding in the Senate. Uh, right, exactly. And that's the thing that I tell people all the time. Like I make this joke that you know, if you the Republican Party has shifted so much. Um, and I think it's harder for you and I to comment on because, you know, like I, if I'm 21, I was born in 2002. 
um, you know, Obama was, you know, inaugurated in 2009. And, you know, so we, we it's this this shift of the Republican Party toward this MAGA, like very extreme, just bizarre, just absolutely bizarre. Um, hasn't you know, we haven't quite seen all of it, but a lot of these people who are like standouts in the Republican Party, like if you if you don't support Trump wholeheartedly and say out of your mouth, you know, like everything. I know Lauren Boebert on Twitter has like the 45 hat. I mean, you have to be obsessed with him. You have to literally be obsessed with him. It has to be half your talking points are about Donald Trump. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if you don't do that, I, I say you get sent to the Republican dungeon. That's what yeah. happens. The Republican dungeon. You I'm never, a rhino. Yeah, if you're a rhino, it's the Republican because genuinely, a lot of these people who are like big names in the Republican Party that just absolutely just disappear. No one knows where they are. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. them in months. I'm like, yeah, you yeah. got sent to the dungeon, buddy. I don't know where you are. You got sent to the Republican dungeon. And dude. Lindsey Graham's headed there if he's not careful. Like, dude, it was uh, anyway. I'll, <laughs> we'll, I'll send you the clip after, and we'll we'll take a look at it. But yeah. booed throughout the entire speech, and at the end of his speech, he said. <laughs> Thank you. Slam the slam the podium and walked away. Wow! Just, like and he was like, he, so he was crazy. really bad. Yeah. But it just goes to show you, like as you're right, as you're you're right, like the MAGA it's, Republican Party now is so delusional it, that even someone like Lindsey Graham is and people were were screaming traitor at him. That's traitor. Crazy. Yeah. I mean Trump. I mean, yeah. I can't believe people. It's getting scary. The the idea. I mean, I know. I don't. I try not to look at poll numbers because we're we're really yeah. far away. But, man, it's like uh, – I mean, I was always under the impression – I've said this many times – that the the indictments, you know, so where we have a ca- we have cases in New York, New York now, you know, he's obviously been hiding nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago and showing classified documents. I, I think, you know, after the audio tape um, was in the indictment and we actually heard it, it's pretty it's a pretty damning case for Donald pretty Trump. Bad. Um, I was always under the impression that it would help his poll numbers. But, you know, I think a lot of people misrepresent that I don't care. You know, people like you and I don't care that it helps his poll numbers because he should be held accountable for being one of the biggest traders in American history. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's scary stuff. I mean, I, I woke up today on, on Twitter to, you know, people lined up or, or I guess walking in a line, a huge line at five in the morning. And they were like, yeah, they were sleeping there. And like, oh. You know, and you're right. Like, you know, we're I don't even know how many months, like 18, 16 to 18 months away from the 2024 yeah, presidential yeah. election. So. Polls don't really matter. I mean, I think at like I think in the 2008 election, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, was leading the Republican field at that time, right. and then he obviously didn't wasn't the candidate, so it doesn't doesn't really matter. But you know, seeing Biden like up like one or two in some of these swing states, or you know, only like three nationally, super concerning. Not because I think Biden's gonna lose; I think he's gonna win. But the fact that Donald Trump still has yeah. that much support, yeah, it's that's crazy. Concerning. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm curious. You know, I I I. I I'll let the justice system, you know, play out however it plays out. If, if he's, you know, I, point being, I, regardless, before I get into like a whole like thing that I don't need to go into, I just don't understand how this guy is going to run for president. I mean, I look, like I'm in Georgia, right? Shout out to the, to the peach state. Um, <laughs> I'm in Georgia. So, you know, we've got an indictment coming in August, like by Fannie Willis in Fulton County. It's where I am. Like it's, it's over. Right. I assume there's an indictment coming there. Cause I mean, this guy just is, he commits, he just commits crimes everywhere he walks. Uh, <laughs> an indictment's coming in Fulton County. There's an indict, there's, you know, indictments in New York. Now we have indictments for Mar-a-Lago. I mean, this guy is going to have to run for president and be in a courtroom every day in yep. fucking three different States. Dude, and the and the bad thing about it is, like for him, he it's not even just the criminal cases. He has civil cases right. against him from the new E. Jean Carroll. There's right. another. He's e. Jean gonna. Carroll he's defamation. gonna. Yeah. 
there's a Trump organization one coming up. So like in the I, I was reading an article from the Rolling Stone, and in like the crucial four month period from like January 2024 to like June 2024, crucial moment of campaigning, yeah. especially in primaries, right. he's going to be in and out of courtrooms yeah. every, every day of his yeah, life. Exactly. That's exactly the thing that like people are. Um, are, I mean, that's a fantastic point. That's what people are missing that I say all the time. They're like, you know, it's going to help his poll numbers. I'm like, that's great. I don't know how he's going to be in New York unless he can, you know, teleport. I don't know how he's going to be in New York, Georgia, South Florida, you know, every single day and go on, go and campaign. He's just got to, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. And, and to be honest, like, you know, there, I think the, the important thing here is that the, in my view, it's going to help his poll numbers in the Republican Party. But I think that like independent voters, independent Americans are looking at these cases against Donald Trump, which we haven't seen all the evidence in in any of them. Right. And they're thinking this guy is disgusting. He's a traitor. It's so his his crimes are so blatant and egregious that I struggle to see why independent Americans would vote against Donald Trump in 2020 and then see these indictments and be like, oh, yeah, well, I think I should support him now in 2020. Right. Exactly. No, I agree, because obviously that's the independent voters whether they swing to a third party or don't vote or whatever, are going to play a massive role in 2024 if it's going to be yeah. so razor thin. So I think that's a fantastic point. Like even if the poll numbers in the Republican Party grow uh, for Trump and they're all behind him, you know, what the, the crucial votes, I'm not sure, you know, looking at Joe Biden and his potential weaknesses even then can out, outweigh Donald Trump, you know, being facing 150 years in prison and paying five yeah. million dollars in a, a liable for sexual abuse and defamation and you know just all the the madness that comes along with yeah. trump um and i think uh, even some of we'll see, i'm not super convinced that he'll continue to be you know he's he's pretty solidly the republican nominee but i think there is a lot of people even in that base who you can see donald trump as he's getting closer to his inevitable demise uh, which is this is all going to fall apart for him, whether that's, you know, behind a jail cell or just not in politics or whatever, just crumbling in legal madness. Um, a lot of people in the Republican Party are just I mean, it's becoming clear that Trump is doing this for himself. I've li I yep. listened when at CPAC, I listened to someone go around and interview people. And, you know, it was pretty decisively Trump when they did the vote. You know, 70 percent or so of people there voted that they wanted Trump as the nominee. But a lot of these DeSantis people were like, yeah, I, I like Trump. You know, I like what he does, but and now this has all just become about him. You know, he wants me to vote for him, so, you know, because the DOJ did him wrong. Well, I don't really care, you know. You're, he's mm -hmm. supposed to be fighting for me, not himself. Uh, so I think that's an interesting thing to watch out for, but we'll just see. Yeah, I mean, as we get closer to 2024, it's really not that far away in hindsight. No, I mean, it's not. Like, the first, I think the first Republican debate is in August, and the primaries will be happening, like, like a month away, sort of. Like, the right. primaries will be happening throughout this year, and I know you and I will be in contact a lot about this stuff as we lead up to 2024. It's not yeah. that far away, yeah. but uh, it's super interesting to pay attention to. But, yeah, it's just the, the, the MAGA cult is persists. Re persists, right, exactly. And I think yeah. I think with that, uh, we're at about 30 minutes. Uh, we can go ahead and, and – uh, Call it, call it an episode one. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think that was, yeah. That was solid. Yeah. So just a, like a couple things, like I said, you guys can email the email again. It's um, questions at cmhsunplugged.com. Uh, we'll try to get to a lot. I know a lot of people are going to ask us about the other Democrats in the, in the field, which we're more than happy to talk about. Um, I think that'll be a really good one. A lot of people are curious about our thoughts there. Um, and yeah, you can email us, whatever. Again, this first episode was like a little bit shorter, 30 minutes. We're just like 
testing some stuff out. I know it's not, like, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, whatever, I appreciate you a lot. I know it doesn't look the best. This is, we're, we're, we are going to consistently, like every week, spend a lot of time making sure this grows and ends up being like something very professional and something we really like. And uh, if you have any suggestions on who you want on the podcast or you want to come on the podcast yourself, you shoot us a DM on Twitter. I'm going to flood your Twitter DMs here. Uh, shoot <laughs> us a DM on Twitter, email us. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. And again, I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah. If you're a Gen Z American and you don't know much about politics, I love you. You should uh, make an informed decision. And I think the informed decision you should make is voting blue. Vote, vote, vote for Joe Biden vote and Democrats all the way down the ballot. Vote, vote for, vote for... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we'll call, I think we'll right. call it there. We don't even have an outro yet. I uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, for watching. Tune in, ev- tune in for episode two on... We're, We're figuring that out. In a couple <laughs> days. I love you all. Goodbye. In a couple days.